Welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts today, Aaron Snyder. And I'm Angie Fryermuth. episode, we're showcasing the Rock Island District. With us today are Colonel Jesse Curry and Deputy District Engineer Kim Thomas. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Before we get into the discussion, we always like to take some time to get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and how you help the district deliver the mission? Colonel, we'll start with you. Yeah, thanks Angie and Aaron. Um, Again, it's a privilege to be here with you today. So I'm Colonel Jess Curry. I joined the Rock Island District in July of 2021 after finishing a year at the U.S. Army War College. My background, I served in a number of positions during my career, with the majority of them being as a member of tactical units, including Security Force Assistance Command, 1st Infantry Division, uh, 101st Airborne Division, 1st Armored Division, and the 3rd Infantry Division. Uh, for USACE positions, I'm proud to have served for two years in the headquarters at the USACE, as well as for a year in the Office of the Chief Engineers. And in my much younger days, I also served as a MILCON project manager for the Savannah District. Uh, I received my commission as an engineer through ROTC at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. I actually grew up in Southern Illinois, so in many ways, coming back to Rock Island has been very much like coming home for me and uh, and my entire family. Um, As for what I do to help deliver the USAID's mission, I'd say that as the district commander, you know, I have the privilege of being responsible to help guide the Rock Island District and help guide an amazing organization towards delivering quality projects on time, on budget, safely. Something that this district has done very well for many, many years and will continue to do so. And we also together have the privilege of being the recipient of a lot of investment uh, over this past year and even in the years before that, that gets towards the importance of our mission and our importance to the nation in this part of the country. So again, I think as we deliver on those investments, uh, that's how we help deliver the USAID's mission. Oh, well, th- thanks, Angie and Aaron, for, for having us. Uh, I'm super excited to be on today. Uh, so I'm currently the Deputy District Engineer, or DPM, in the, the Rock Island District. Um, I've been with the Corps for 22 years, uh, 20 of those years in Omaha District, and then the last two in Rock Island. Um, it's been an interesting transition from mainly working military construction and interagency and international services to a civil works only uh, district. It's been exciting uh, to take a lot of those best practices uh, from the military construction and really implement them uh, here in a new environment. Our team here in Rock Island uh, is 100% dedicated to delivering the program for the nation and just really honored to be part of this historic time. Our team is really focused on execution, and we we continue to be flexible, agile, hardworking, and just innovative. All attributes that are just vital to getting us uh, to the finish line with our existing and our new work. As part of uh, MVD, we really have a unique situation that works extremely well in delivering the program. Uh, We're lock-synced, one unified team across the valley. We share resources, we workload balance, and uh, we're all rowing in the the same direction. Late last summer, our um, division commander, General Holland, uh, she pushed us strategically uh, to put the wheels in motion to increase the workforce, uh, which has resulted in us being um, ahead of the curve to bring on additional resources 
And then when the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, IIJA, was signed, uh, the DPMs and the engineering and construction chiefs uh, up and down the valley really came together to distribute that workload, develop the integrated teams, and just develop a plan to be able to execute efficiently and then ultimately deliver the historic program that the nation has entrusted us with. Thanks, Colonel and Kim, for that. I was kind of curious, like listening to you talk about Rock Island District, could you give us a little bit of background of the district, um, where you're located, and, and some of the key mission areas that you have? Yeah, thanks, Aaron. As every district commander should be, of course, I'm a little bit biased for the Rock Island District. Uh, the team members that we have here and the mission that we have is something we're all extremely, extremely proud of. So with just over 900 team members, the Rock Island District is one of the six civil works districts covering the Mississippi River Basin as part of the Mississippi Valley Division. Now we're located between St. Paul and St. Louis District and headquartered on the Rock Island Arsenal in Rock Island, Illinois, which is located here in between the Quad Cities between Illinois and Iowa. Now the Rock Island District is responsible for about 78,000 square miles across portions of five states and five river basins. Uh, MVR is the lead district for Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin, and is a supporting district for Minnesota and Missouri. Uh, within that mission, MVR supports navigation assurance on both the Mississippi and Illinois rivers with management of 18 lock and dam facilities, as well as supporting maintenance and dredging fleet. That really keeps those rivers open to support our economy, uh, regional farmers, and really our global competitiveness in the world market. Uh, Rock Island also supports several ecosystem restoration and protection programs, as well as focuses significant efforts towards regional flood risk mitigation. Part of those missions also enable the Rock Island District to provide significant benefits to the communities in the region through parks and recreation, as well as a lot of opportunities for community engagement. I would also like to add, I mean, the Rock Island District also supports the greater USACE enterprise in really two key areas. Rock Island District is the headquarters for the Inland Navigation Design Center and the National Flood Fight Material Center, which I believe we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. Finally, I'd like to mention that Rock Island District is the lead on a few regionally and nationally significant programs and projects to include the Navigation Ecosystem Sustainability Program, the Brandon Road Interbasin Project, the Upper Mississippi River Restoration Program, Cedar Rapids Flood Risk Management Project, and significant maintenance re rehab of infrastructure on the Mississippi and Illinois River Lock and Dam System. So that's just a bit of what the Rock Island District does. We're certainly proud of where we are and the mission that we have. And again, thanks for the chance to talk about it today. Like you, I'm probably biased. Uh, having grown up in the Rock Island District, I think it's a pretty, pretty good district myself. Thank you for that overview for those folks that don't know much about Rock Island District. So recently, the Corps received funding through the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, and Rock Island received some of that funding. Can you tell us about the projects the Rock Island District is executing on behalf of the administration and how these projects, when completed, will provide huge benefits to the local communities and the nation? Yeah, thanks, Angie. I'll start with the Navigation Ecosystem Sustainability Program, uh, what we refer to as uh, NESP. NESP is a uh, duly authorized program uh, for both navigation and ecosystem sustainability. And in the IIJA, we actually received a construction new start and then significant funding for a new 1,200-foot lock at Lock and Dam 25 on the Mississippi River and an ecosystem fish passage project at 
Walking Dam uh, 22. Uh, NEST is a upper uh, Mississippi Valley regional program. Uh, we manage it here out of the, the Rock Island district, but it's executed by uh, Rock Island, St. Paul, and the St. Louis uh, districts the, as a team. So this has been extremely exciting, uh, not only for the NEST team, but also to our partners who have been working towards this goal for the last 20 years. We've had a lot of good years of investigations funding as we were, you know, awaiting the construction new start. So exciting, exciting. Today I'm actually at a, at a NEST formal partnering meeting. So interesting and, and great times ahead. The team uh, has jumped aggressively out of the gate uh, with the design for the new 1,200-foot uh, lock. Using the proven MBD concept of engineering without borders, uh, that was really born out of the, the work in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. It allows us to share those engineering resources uh, regionally, uh, and it works really, really well up and down the valley. And so NEST really has four major components uh, when I think about how it benefits the nation. And the first is global market competition. It just, it helps the American farmer compete in the global markets. It decreases their transportation costs of getting their grain there, and then just increases the reliability of the existing inland transportation uh, system. Secondly, it balances the needs. It's an integrated approach um, that maximizes environmental benefits while preserving multiple uses for the waterways. Third, it's a huge infrastructure investment. The construction new start ensures that the lowest cost, most environmentally conscious and safest transportation method for bulk commodities remains efficient and reliable. And then lastly, jobs creation, both the lock 25 new 1200 foot lock and then lock 22 fish passage projects um, immediately create uh, thousands of high paying construction jobs. So. Uh, NEST is a larger program. It's, you know, putting in those new 1,200-foot locks at, at seven locations and then comparable progress on the ecosystem. And so this is really the, the first piece of that program, and it's, and it's exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, and if I could, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and add on the next major area of investment from IIJA is a project called the Brandon Road Interbasin Project. So, for those that, are, that aren't familiar, so Brandon Road Lock and Dam is located just outside of Chicago in Joliet, Illinois. And at that location is where we have been working over the last several years to design a project that is targeting uh, invasive species and a balanced ecosystem there. So this particular project, which is partnered with the state of Illinois as well as other uh, Great Lakes states, really is right at the crossroads between battling invasive species and maintaining a, a balanced ecosystem, but also supporting our economy through protecting the natural resources located in the Great Lakes. So at this particular location, the design team over the last couple of years has been focused and funded towards designing what we affectionately started to call, you know, a gauntlet uh, to keep the invasive species from moving any closer to the Great Lakes. And through that partnership with, with the states and Erdic and other partners out there to work through this design, we've continued to get closer and closer to something that we are all completely confident that this will be the last line of defense necessary for these invasive species. So the IIJA investment 
provided us both a construction new start as well as funding for that first increment of that project. And as our team is continuing to complete design, uh, they're taking that funding and, and are preparing to get started with construction, hopefully early next year. That's one of those areas where, again, the team has to work closely with our partners and on both the navigation and the ecosystem side to consider all, all aspects of what this will look like once it's complete. So, again, it's an it's a exciting project that, uh, again, it's a significant investment and uh, we're proud to be a part of it. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about is also located on the Illinois Waterway. So, as we mentioned earlier, the navigation projects that have been occurring up and down uh, both the Mississippi and Illinois Waterway are intended to maintain that assured navigation on those nationally important uh, river systems. The IIJA provided additional funding to support what we, we call Illinois Waterway closures. In 2020, we closed several locks and dams to do some ma to do major maintenance, and that that is a significant uh, significant event uh, to close those those locks and dams in order to do that maintenance and the impact that that has. So we started that in 2020 uh, with a with a closure, and then the IIJA provided us the necessary funding to do the second round of closures in 2023. Uh, that will complete that major maintenance on that key infrastructure up and down the river. Uh, again, that's something that we've worked really, really hard uh, to coordinate with industry, to work with our partners to ensure that we minimize the impact, because it is significant uh, to any time that, that river is not running. It is significant uh, to industry, to our economy, but it is absolutely necessary as we continue to look at these areas where investment in infrastructure is critical to long-term success and our competitiveness uh, in the global economy. Those are the other two that IIJA specifically uh, targeted that the Rock Island District has the privilege of, of being the lead on. And uh, again, as we move forward, we're excited to, to be uh, achieving those uh, for both the Corps of Engineers and the nation and the administration. Thanks, that's a good, good overview of the work being done by Rock Island District. And, and one thing that always sticks out to me when we're talking about the districts along the Mississippi and Ohio is the inland navigation system and the importance of that to the nation. I feel like it's probably the nation's biggest asset that no regular citizen actually knows about. It moves commerce uh, across the nation super efficiently, super effectively. And really Rock Island is kind of at the heart of that. Uh, you know, you've got a, a large system to oversee there. Now you've got a large workload, IIJA coming through. I know that, that Kim talked about, you know, sharing resources across the valley, the hiring that you've been doing for over the year. I was kind of curious with this massive workload you're looking at, the normal operations, the aging infrastructure, what kind of steps are you taking to ensure that you're able to deliver all of these missions at the same time and on schedule? So yeah, great, great question, Aaron. Um, you know, I think I think I could really break it down to to four things. As as you mentioned, I mentioned earlier. You know, we have a the jump on the hiring as well as working regionally in the valley. Um, we've also learned a lot from the Cedar Rapids flood risk management project that we have put in play from day one on these new new projects. We have a culture of innovation and revolutionizing uh, program and project delivery, but we absolutely have not done this in a bubble. One of the most powerful tools I think we have within the Corps of Engineers is to be able to leverage all parts of the enterprise. We have taken advantage of that and reached far and wide to talk with numerous districts um, that have delivered mega projects 
their willingness to spend time to discuss the best practices and lessons learned only strengthens us as an organization. And I am grateful for that culture here in USAFE. Secondly, we're empowering teams to institute risk-informed decision-making and just creating that environment that is inclusive and free to bring issues to the table early so we can work as a team to, to help mitigate. Third, in addition to our monthly PRB battle rhythm, uh, we also have monthly project-specific deep dives at the commander and the, the DPM level. Um, and those have been structured to get after issues early, provide direction to the team, and then help the team knock down obstacles so we can complete the mission. Schedule and cost are two vital topics at those meetings, and any slips or cost increases are, are addressed with a, a mitigation plan up front and, and early. And then lastly, uh, we've really ramped up our partnering and strengthened those relationships so that when projects hit those complex, complicated problems, uh, the foundation has already been set that allows us to have that honest and transparent and open communication, uh, collaboration and commitment to the mission. So all in all, we are laser focused on finishing those quality projects on time and within budget safely. Having grown up in the Rock Island District, I know that Rock Island is home to a couple of important centers. And so some listeners might not know that Rock Island District is home to the Inland Navigation Design Center and the National Flood Fight Material Center. We recently showcased INDC and the Rock Island District Emergency Management Team on a podcast uh, earlier this year, and we'll include the links to those episodes in, in this podcast description. But for those listening now, can you tell us more about those two centers and why they are beneficial to the Corps of Engineers and our partners? Yeah, thank you, Angie. Again, it's another th it's another exciting thing to get to talk about these enterprise centers that really do a lot for the entire Corps of Engineers. So, first, starting with the Inland Navigation Design Center or INDC, you know, as it was established uh, about nine years ago, the INDC for USACE is intended to maintain quality, reliability, increase commonality of components, and infrastructure standardization and provide cost effectiveness to the inland navigation structures and components. So you know, that's one of the taglines for the INDC that they've been challenged with for, for several years now, but in this current environment is really, really coming to their coming into their, their own for their importance for the entire Corps of Engineers. So the Inland Navigation Design Center, I would I would say that right now it's small but it's mighty. And I think for those from other districts that contribute uh, and are part of what the INDC does, you know, they see that every time they have an INDC technical engineering lead or other consultant that is providing all those things that USACE intends them to provide to those PDTs to deliver on some of these really gigantic inland navigation projects. So the INDC itself, again, we push out uh, those engineers and those, those support to, to help be a part of the efforts to deliver the projects that in some cases may take, may take several years to get from design to completion, but INDC is part of that uh, from start to finish. So it's something that's headquartered here in Rock Island, but it is also a center that reaches across both MVD and LRD. So the director is here in Rock Island, the deputy director is out in Pittsburgh district. 
that enables us as a center to cooperate across those two river basins and really address the heart of the inland navigation mission for the Corps of Engineers. So again, a really, really great organization that uh, we're proud to just to be a part of and uh, get to be a part of the important things it does for the nation. Uh, the next one, the National Flood Fight Materials Center. Another thing we're very proud of, headquartered here in the Rock Island District. One of the benefits that we have being in the Rock Island District is we are located on the Rock Island Arsenal. So this is a federal, federal installation that gives us some ability to have warehouse space, to have other benefits that allow us to consolidate here in the middle of the country a lot of materials that are necessary to, to support uh, flood fighting efforts really across the entire uh, continental United States. So, you know, we maintain here at the Rock Island District, you know, it, it varies, but on average, about over 4 million sandbags, you know, 6,000 large, big, gigantic sandbags, over six miles of HESCO bastions, over two miles of polyethylene sheeting. And what most people also are very interested in is upwards of 84 to 85 pumps that, again, when, when the time comes, we have the capability here to bring the trucks in, load all that stuff up, and push them out to support wherever the need is. I think since in my time just here in the district, I mean, we've pushed, uh, we've pushed materials out to the Pacific Northwest. We've pushed materials down to the, to the south, southeast part of our, of our nation. So again, what the Flood Fight Materials Center provides is this consolidated area where we can, we can gather, we can maintain, and we can support a bigger mission uh, for the entire Corps of Engineers. So, Again, thanks for letting me give me a chance to talk about those because those are things we're really, really proud of. Thank you. And thanks. It's, it's great to hear about the mission of, of Rock Island and some of these special centers and the opportunities. And it really just sounds like it's probably a pretty great place to, to work and live. So I'm sure if there's listeners out there that are interested in pursuing careers in Rock Island, I'm sure you can contact uh, Colonel Curry or Kim Thomas and Really, we're, we're kind of nearing the end of our time together, and I was kind of curious if, if there's anything else that the two of you would like to, to share with our listeners. Uh, and Kim, we'll start with you. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. So I would just like to end with a shout out to our outstanding team here in Rock Island District, uh, the Mississippi Valley Division, and just really the entire enterprise to be surrounded by the most professional, intellectual, dedicated, and hardworking teams is just a great honor day in and, and day out. Through selfless service and loyalty to the nation, uh, the Corps is founded on a, a rich culture that takes pride in delivering these projects uh, that better the lives of the American people. So we have entered unprecedented times that will prove to be a significant part of history as we embark on this once in a lifetime opportunity. And we absolutely will deliver the, the program for this great nation. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, and Aaron, I think I can't say it much better than Kim said it as for what this district does for the nation and how proud we are to not only be Rock Island District, but also be a part of MVD and, and USACE as a whole. You know, I certainly don't want to miss the opportunity to go back exactly to what you said about, hey, Quad Cities is a great place to live. You know, we certainly would love uh, to, to welcome anyone who is interested in coming and working as part of the Rock Island District. But I probably would also add that, hey, you don't, you don't need to be as part of our manning document to, to be a partner with us. And I think what gives us strength across the Corps of Engineers is the ability to come together in teams and to, to be partners 
and really leverage that expertise across the whole enterprise uh, for whatever challenge that we have. I think that's what we really deliver uh, for the nation as the nation's engineers. So I'm proud to be a part of that and proud to really be a part of the Rock Island District because it is a special place and uh, it's a really, really great team here. And again, look forward to many more, many more months of great things to report coming out of the district and the division. And uh, again, would welcome anyone who wants to join us to be a part of it. Uh, just reach out to me or Kim at any time. Thank you, Colonel Curry and Kim, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you. What topics are important to you and people you are interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.